This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to um, kick off a new series. Um, and we're going to be talking about dealing with death. So we, we just finished up our, we fi- earlier we had our premarital, then we had our marriage, marital counseling. Now we're going to be talking about dealing with death. In my section, in the first section here, I'm going to be talking about the origins of death. So I was thinking about this, and in this time period that we live in, like most of us have never seen anything like this in our life. It just seems like, you know, actually it is, you turn on the news and every day you find out, you see this staggering number of people who've died from this, this virus. And then you look around and then you, you turn around and you see that there are wildfires that are, that are taking lives. Then you see there's violence and there's all these things going on and you're looking at it and you're like, God, what is happening here? And, and a lot of us, and a lot of believers and a lot of unbelievers, we're looking around and we're like, God, God, what's going on? What's going on? It's all this death. It's all this destruction. The thing about it is a lot of people, we don't necessarily talk about death until we're faced with it. Especially in, in our, and I hate to say this, but in the church, we don't talk about death. We, we talk about it, but we don't get into it. We don't explain. We don't have... Um, as believe, a lot of us as believers don't understand, have the understanding of where death comes from. We don't understand like when somebody says, why did this person die? Or why did this baby die? Or why is there so much sickness and suffering in the world? If God is such a good God, if he's so great, why is all this stuff happening? And a lot of us, we're believers, we love God and we, can't, we say, I don't have an answer for that. And the thing about it is not only do we not have an answer for that, in our hearts we have that same question. We may not say it out loud because it doesn't sound good, sound like we're not trusting God, but in our hearts we're like, God, why is this happening? The thing about it, what we need to, to come to an understanding is where does death come from? Where does sickness and where does suffering come from? The reason that it's so important that we get that understanding is if we think If we have the wrong understanding of this, it erodes our trust in God. It erodes our faith in God. When things come up like now in this pandemic, you know you're trying to witness to somebody and they're saying, well, why would a good God let all this stuff happen? You don't have an answer for them. So we have to understand where all this came from. Was it God's plan? Is this God's plan? What's going on? Is this what he ordered for our lives? Did he want us to be in death and sickness and suffering? Or was it something else? Or did something else bring all these things in and now we're having to deal with them? So the intent of this teaching is I just want, we just want to show you, you want to understand where death originates or where death comes from and find out if this is something that God intended for man. So we want to understand where death originates and find out if God intended death for man. So in this teaching, I have three objectives that we're going to go over for the next few weeks. We're going to find out where does death come from. We're going to see when God created man, was death there? Was death a part of that plan? 
And did God or does God want man to experience death? So when you look at those objectives, and I know some of you are like, yeah, I kind of know the answer, but we're going to take a look at it and we're going to see how all this came into play and how things are still rolling, why we see the things we see now in, in, in where we live today. So the first thing we're going to talk about is where does death come from? Now go over to Romans chapter 5. Now this one, we're, we're at this point, I kind of say I'm going to describe it, we're going to slide into this. Because what I want you to understand and what I want to keep in your mind and for it to be solidified is that death did come in, but God is greater than death. We don't want to lose that thought because once we get into teaching this and we get to talk about it, it may be, we don't want it to slip away because we want to keep the goodness of God in the forefront of our mind, but we do want to have an understanding of where death came from. So once again, I'm going to kind of slide into this point. So this is point one. Where does death come from? So let's go over to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to start at verse 12. And verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is, is of many unto justif- of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So, first of all, sin causes death, both spiritual and natural. Where there's no sin, there's no death. So you take sin out, there's no death. They, they go hand in hand, they go together. When I was reading that in Romans, what I want you to see is through Adam, one man, that's Adam, his sin, death entered, and it passed on to all men. So Adam's sin, death came in, and it passed on to all men. So now death is in the earth, and it's passing on, it's generational, it's continuing. Now, through one man, that is Jesus Christ, his obedience, he came in, his obedience brought life. His obedience brought justification. So where there was death reigning, by Jesus' obedience, that one man, it overcame death. So as we were in Adam, we were in death. If we are in Christ, we are now in life. So what Jesus' obedience did, not only did it bring us life, it made us sons of God. Now, when we look at this, we say, okay, I believe that. that, that that's the foundation of, of our belief. But we look at this and we see, okay, so Jesus brought life, but there's still death in the world. 
And we were all in Adam. So when Adam sinned, that sin passed on to us. And it, and it, it continues. The death continues because we still see physical death. Go over to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So I was looking at this. And you know, um, as I was studying it out, I was thinking of things that I heard growing up. Not in this ministry, but growing up in other ministries. And the focus on this was always the one man and who sinned and whose fault was it. And, and, and I was looking at it and I said, you know what? Sin has even infiltrated or corrupted the way we look at what God has done. Because the thing about it is, let me tell you, if I pick up this glass and I, break, and I drop it and I break this glass, I may not have meant to break the glass, but the glass is broken. So next week, when it's time to bring bring water out, there's no glass. There's no glass for anybody to have. So now we don't have what we need, and we want to blame the person that did that broke it. The bl- it's already happened. All that's already happened. So as you think about this, don't get started in the blame game because you can blame whoever you want to. Sin's still in the earth. It's not gonna. It's not gonna bring redemption. Not even blaming is not even going to bring understanding. It's just going to get you caught up in a cycle. And I think about it, and I said, well, you know what? As I thought about this, and I thought about how these things were taught or talked about when I was growing up in religious circles. I say religious because that's what it was. It was never about what God did and where we were and how we came out of that. But it was like the woman gave, and if Adam hadn't sinned, if Adam hadn't sinned, well, Adam did sin. So here we are. But let's go over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 21 and 22. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. So look here. So here it is. I, I was looking at this and I said, so, so why? I kept looking at these scriptures and I said, why is it stressed that it's one man? So one man came in and brought death, but guess what? And that death spread to many people, but... All it took was one man's obedience to come in and bring justification. So don't get all caught up when I don't think that I would have sinned like that and it wouldn't have been. Don't get caught up in that because we've all sinned. But here it is. It's that we have Jesus Christ who was obedient and did what needed to be done and now we have restoration. But the sin still came in through Adam. So verse 22 for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So in this teaching, we're going to focus on, I'm going to be focusing on the origins of death. And we're going to be talking about sin because it's impossible to talk about death without talking about sin, telling you where death came from. But I don't want you to lose the focus and I don't want you to lose the understanding that Jesus Christ has bought redemption. So the sin that, that Adam brought has been paid for if you're in Christ. So don't ever lose that thought. So as by one man, Adam sold us into the bondage of sin, but by one man, Jesus Christ brought redemption. So now, we, I, I, like I said, I wanted to slide in this because I want your mind right. I don't want you to get caught up in, you know, I, I think about it and people hear the word sin and they automatically think I'm going to start talking to you about what you're doing and what you're not doing. Look, settle it in your mind right now. God knows what you're doing. You're, if you're in sin, your sin is against God. It's not against me. God has not told me what you're doing. That's not what this is about. What we're doing here is we're explaining to you how things work and why we see death, why we see suffering, why we see sickness. 
so you can understand and you can be in right relationship and understanding with God. So all of those things, when you hear the word sin, get that out of your mind. Understand that this is I, it's something that you need to understand. Don't start focusing on those little things. When your mind starts to try to go away to those, pull it right back. Pull it right back into what we're talking about. So let's go over here and let's start talking about Adam. So by one man, sin came into the world. Sin brought death. But it's by one man and his obedience that we are redeemed. So now let's go over here and let's look at Genesis chapter 2. And we're, we're going to kind of set the stage as to what happened. I don't want to take for granted that you know what happened in Jesus, uh, Genesis chapter 2. So we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 2. Um, we're going to read verse 9 and then we're going to jump down to verse 15. So verse 9 it says, And out of the ground the Lord God, excuse me, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden and the tree of and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So here, here's God, the creator, and he made things to grow out of the ground. It was good, it was pleasant to the sight, and it was good. And it mentions two trees here. Talks about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what I want you to understand here is that what God made was good. He made both these trees, so both these things are good right now. So let's go on down to verse 15. It says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So here we go. So here God has made this garden. Now he takes his man, his creation. God is the creator. He is the source of life. He is, he is greater than man. He's the creator. So he takes his creation and he puts his creation in the garden. And in the garden, he goes in and the creator tells the creature, this is what I want you to do. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. The reason I'm stressing that is because, you know, it is a different time. People search for their own truth, their own way of saying things, and you don't have a truth. God is the truth. You don't have um, a version of it. You don't even have alternative facts. It either is or it isn't. So here in Genesis, you have the creator. The creator gives a command to his creature, the one he made. So right here, you know, nowadays what would happen is, well, you know, um, I think that's kind of what God meant, but, you know, my truth is I can do whatever I want to do. But understand this. This is God the creator talking to man the creation. God sets his standard. He says, this is what is allowed. This is what is not allowed. So here we have our episode. We have our scene set. So let's flip over to Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to skip around in chapter 3. We're going to read verses um, 
1 through 3. So we're not going to read when, when uh, we're not going to read when Eve is brought forth of Adam's uh, rib, but Eve is on the scene now. So Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was much more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree, of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So, here it is, the serpent, this is, this is the devil, he comes in, he's the adversary, he's still the adversary. He comes in and he says, he, he kind of whispers in Eve's ear, he put, he put something in her mind. Did God say you couldn't eat of that tree? Actually, you know, in, in the thing here, it, it, he is subtle. He doesn't say, did God say, can you not eat of this specific tree? He walked into it, he said, did God say you can eat of all these trees? And Eve was like, yeah, we can eat of all of them, but by the way, there's one that we can't eat of. Oh, and we don't, I don't think we can touch it lest we die. So Eve, he plants the seed in, in Eve's mind. So now Eve starts thinking about something that before, she knows it's off limits. And when she probably, I don't know, but probably when she saw it before, she said, no, that's not for me. But now she's thinking, mm, maybe, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. So let's go on down to verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband which with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made, them, made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. Now this is Adam saying, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So here it is, Adam spent all this time with God, and now all of a sudden the relationship has changed. God comes in and now he's afraid. He's afraid he hides from God because he said he was naked. So God says, wait a minute. And he said, who, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? God knew they had eaten him. He just, he's like, you're going you're gonna to have to say what you did, Adam. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So here we have what happened. So they ate of the tree. Then God comes, well, they ate of the tree, and then all of a sudden, things, in their life, all of a sudden things changed. All, just like boom, they ate, things changed. And then God comes on the scene, and now he's asking Adam, first of all, they're hiding from God. It's different now. It's like before when God came, we didn't hide. We had fellowship with him. But now they hide from God, and God says, what's going on? And, and, and Adam's like, oh, you know what? Uh, me and Eve were hanging out. She ate some fruit. I ate some too. So, you know, like I said, when I was growing up, it was like, oh, we should blame the woman. Look, once again, it's not about the blame. The act happened. So the act has happened. Sin is in the earth. Now, let's go down to verse 17. 
So now here, here, here sin is in the earth. And this is, this is what we have here. Verse 17. And unto Adam, he said, this is God. Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. So, God is saying, you were supposed to listen to me. I was to give you the instructions. You didn't. You listened to your wife. You took of that tree, and I told you not to take of it. So now, this is what's going to happen. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust dust thou shalt return. Or excuse me, thou shalt, shalt thou return. So here we have... We see what happened. This brought in sin. So when we look back over in Genesis um, chapter 2 and verse 9, it said that this tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, everything that God created was good. So was the tree bad? Was the fruit bad? What was Adam's sin? Adam's sin was his disobedience. God said, don't. Remember, let's say it this way. The creator told the creation... Don't eat of that. Don't eat of that. But Adam decided, wait a minute, I will eat of it. I I will go around. I will not listen to, I will not heed to the word that my creator gave me, and I will disobey him. I will eat of that. That's what Adam's sin is. So once again, you know, the, the, the enemy is subtle. He gets us caught up in things like, was it the tree? What, what kind of fruit was it? All of these things. Here's the thing. Don't let your mind get caught up in those kind of things. Understand this. There was a command. Don't eat of that tree. You got all these other trees out here you can eat of. But don't eat of that tree. I think our pastor said it a few weeks ago. You can do everything you want to do except sin. So you got all these trees out here, Adam. You can do whatever you want to. And the thing about this, it wasn't like Adam didn't know. God said, hey, see that tree right there? Tree of knowledge of good and evil. All the rest of these trees, feel free to eat. That one, don't eat. Do not eat. But Adam decided, this is what I'm going to do. So, you know, Adam decided he sold something. And now he's reaping. He's about to reap what he's sowing. And here it is right here. It says, Curse for the curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth. Thou shalt eat of the herb of this field, of the field. In the sweat of thy face, face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So Adam was just like, I'm just eating of this tree. It's not that big of a deal. God told me not to, but I'm going to be disobedient. And now here he's reaping the harvest of his disobedience. So when Adam sinned, it affected all of us. It affected everything. And once again, like if you go over, I'm just going to flip over to Romans chapter um, 3 because I don't want you to be, um, I don't want you to be legal here. You know, we talk about being legal. It's trying to prove ourselves innocent. So we sit here and we look at Adam and Eve and you're like, man, I wouldn't have done that. I would 
oh, God tells me no. There are things that God tells you and you continue to do. Or God tells you don't do and you don't do. So in Romans chapter 3, it tells us because the word of the God is true. Romans chapter 3, verses 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So listen, Adam sinned and passed that on to all of us, but we've all done what we've done. So don't, once again, don't get caught up in what would I have done if I had been Adam. You are not Adam. You're you. What will you do as you? So we're not going to get, get all messed up about that, but we understand that sin is in the earth. So what is sin? Sin is to do wrong. It's to act or intend contrary to the will and law of God. Sin is to do wrong. To act or intend, not only the action, but the intent. What are you intending to do? What are your thoughts? Intend contrary to the word of God. Sin is primarily a wrong relationship with God, which expresses itself in wrong attitudes or actions toward God himself, himself, other human beings, possessions, or the environment. So sin is primarily a wrong relationship with God, which expresses itself in wrong attitudes or actions towards God himself, other human beings, possessions, or the environment. So when you look at that, so sin expresses itself in wrong attitudes and actions towards God, towards other human beings, towards the things you have, and the environment. Sin affects everything it affects our environment basically everything that we deal with sin has affected and continues to affect you know why because sin is still here so it's not like adam sinned and then nobody else sinned no adam sinned and we continue to sin so sin sin corrupts and when you put something that corrupts in it continues to corrupt so you get more and more corruption So sin affects every level of human existence, including the sinner's relationship with God and with other human beings and the environment. So if sin brought death, and when we think about it, we think, okay, so sin brought death, and we think of physical death, we think of spiritual death. But then when you really look at it, sin affects everything. Sin affects relationships. It affects the environment. It affects your relationship with God. So all of a sudden, it just doesn't seem like sin, death. You see, it's more like sin all around. Sin interrupted and disturbed disturbed God's intended path and plan and lifestyle of man. So God did not intend for Adam to sin. So... Go back to, in chapter 2 in Genesis, it said, God told him, he said, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. He didn't intend for him, but he gave him a standard, he gave him a law, and said, don't do this. Adam has free will, we're not going to talk about free will today, but we are. Adam has, can choose, it was his choice, God never intended him to do that. But, when he did it, and it erupted everything. It disturbed the flow. It's just like, you know, like you take something, you take a bottle of soda and you just shake it up. And it just messes everything up because you're shaking it up. That's what sin did. So when we look 
at Adam's life before the sin and after the sin, we see a big difference. Let's go back over to Genesis. So we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read it again. I know I read it, but I want to make this clear. So we're going to look at what it was before sin. So uh, Genesis chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 15 and 17 through 17. And the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden. So God has created the garden. He takes man. He puts him in the garden. So he puts him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So here we go. Adam has not done this, not committed a sin yet. God puts him in the garden. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to dress and keep. I want you to maintain and cultivate. God gave Adam work, but at this time, Adam's work was not painful. It was not strenuous. Adam was to dress and to keep. God said, and then look at this. All of this, you can freely eat of this from except for that one tree don't eat up. So Adam here, he has a job. He's maintaining the garden. He's cultivating. He's had stewardship here. And he can eat freely. What he needs to eat, he has there. So now let's go over to verse 3. So, so Adam has work, but it's, it's a different kind of work. It's actually, it's, it's actually um, I think one verse, one way they were saying, it's, um, it's pleasurable to him. So Genesis chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 17 through 19. So now Adam has sinned, and this is what we have here. So verse 17 says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. So for Adam's sake, this sin now curses the ground. So that's one thing. Cursed is the ground. That doesn't sound good. Then the next thing, in sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. So now he was eating of freely of the trees in the garden. Now he's got to eat. In sorrow he's got to eat from this ground that is cursed all the days of his life. So that's two. Now in verse 18. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. So I've got to eat, we've got to eat the herb of the field. Here's, here's number three. got to eat the herb of the field, but not only are the herbs, but they're also going to be thorns and thistles. And then in verse 19 it says, In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou, thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. So, we have... Dress and keep, cultivate and maintain, have stewardship over, pleasurable work. Now, over here, in verse 3, after the fall, it goes, oh, way different. So his life has dramatically changed. So after sinning, you see in verse 17, it says, cursed is the ground. So what do we mean by cursed? That means to invoke harm or injury. And not only is it cursed, you know, I'm like, man, Adam, ooh, I'm wondering. He's like, God says, cursed is the ground. The ground is harm and injured for your sake. 
Because of what you did, now the ground is harmed and it's injured. And he's to eat of this thing that is harmed and injured. So before you think about it, so let's look at it like with our, our bodies. So let's say um, I'm always running into stuff. And, you know, so I may, let's say like just recently, I don't know what I did. I hurt my arm. It was just a little bit. But, you know, like moving it around, it was a little sore. Now, on a normal day, I can move my arm, get what I need to get, and things run smoothly. But when my arm was just a little sore, like if I was going to reach for something, it would take me a little longer, or maybe I wouldn't get it, or maybe I tried to get it with my left hand. And that injury was causing everything, it was causing everything to be slower, or maybe I had to go around it and make workarounds. So now think about this. The ground which Adam's to eat from is now injured and harmed. So now think about it. What you need to eat from is injured and harmed. So how is it going to, what it brings forth to you, what is it going to bring forth? What it brings forth is also going to be harmed and injured. So there, cursed is the ground. So then it says in sorrow. So in sorrow, the word sorrow, pain, suffering, hard work. Toil, labor that is very intense and expending of considerable energy. So this sorrow is pain, suffering, hard work, toil, labor that is very intense and expending of considerable energy with a focus on physical pain that occurs in very strenuous work. That's a lot different than dress and keep. And this word toil, because in, in the word sorrow, sorrow in that definition has the word toil. And in, in sorrow, it was talking about a lot of physical things. But when you think of toil, that word means difficulties, stress, mental anguish. So when Adam sinned, it brought in death. It brought in injury and harm, which is sickness. It brought in suffering, that sorrow, and it brought in pain. So we think of those things, but not only did it bring it in in the physical sense, it also brought it in the mental sense. So you think about when you, you know, you think about when you go to work. There, there's, there's physical things you have to do, but there's also mental things you have to do. And that mental stress affects the physical, and also the physical affects the mental. It's not like we can compartmentalize who we are. It all falls into one. So when Adam sinned, this sorrow and this curse affected all of that. So in verse 18, so even after that, verse 18, it says, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth. And you know, for a while I just read over that, and then I looked at it again, and I said, there must be something to that thorns and thistle because those that's brought out. So what what is a thorn? A thorn is a splinter-like kind of a thorn bush. So you know, a thorn bush and it's a splinter-like kind. A thorn is on the thorn bush. It's a splinter-like kind. But what is this thorn bush? Where is it coming from? It's a non-fruit-bearing bush. So you got something and you think of a thorn. It's splintery, so it hurts. And it comes, not only does it hurt, but it comes from a non-fruit bearing bush. That means that that bush, all it is there for is to hurt. It, it, it's not, it's not bearing any fruit. You can't do anything with it. Then thistles. Thistles is a prickly plant having no value for producing fruit. 
So now you've got thorns and thistles that are going to grow out of the ground. And from that same ground, you have to get the herbs that you're going to eat. So you have things that are now, not only do they not have any value and they're not producing fruit, but when you come around them, it'll hurt you. It'll prick you. It'll hurt you. So the earth that had once been fruitful is now cursed. And it's producing that which is painful and it has no value. So you've got the herbs that are being produced, but around the herbs you've got these things that have no value. And once again, the earth is cursed. So what was originally was working for Adam is now working against him. What used to, all he had to do was maintain, cultivate and maintain. Now it's totally different. Now these things that are not good, that do not produce value, that have no fruit, they're there with the things you have to eat. So now not only do you have to get that out of there, but there's going to be sorrow in that. It's going to be physical and mental anguish in me getting the things that I need for Adam. And the same thing for us because this is, this is happening to us. So you can see before Adam sinned, it's totally different. Now that sin has come into play, everything has changed. Let's go over to Romans chapter 8. So, Adam's sin affected all of us, but it also affected all of creation. So, we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 20 through 22. For the creature was made subject to vanity. Not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. But the creature, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So what this is saying is the earth itself, all of creation, has been delivered unto the bondage of corruption because of sin. But there is a hope that's coming that will deliver all of us out of this sin. So creation was affected by Adam's sin. It was subjected to the curse. So when, the earth, when God told him, cursed is the ground for your sake. So everything was cursed. So sin corrupts everything around it. But remember... Remember, sin came in through one man, but through Jesus Christ. So when we have here, it says here um, in verse 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, that, that is, that's Jesus Christ coming in and, and delivering us from corruption. But now, that time has not come, so now the whole creation is affected by sin. The earth is injured because of sin. So when you think about it, let's go back to what we said about how what sin affects. It affects every level of human existence. It affects the sinner's relationship with God, other human beings, and the environment. Then we look at what God told um, Adam. From the ground you're going to eat of. This is, this is where things are going. You're going to get what you need out of the ground. You're going to eat. So what you put into your body to sustain you is, is going to is cursed. There's going to be thistles and thorns. You're going to have to work hard. It's going to be strenuous. It's going to be stressful. So you can see now, not only is Adam, he's in disobedience, but everything around him is now affected. The environment is affected. 
the things that he puts into his body are affected. Everything has been changed, and not for good, but for worse. So think about it. If you are, let's say you walk into a room, and it is 28 degrees in that room. Before you came into that room, you were in a place and it was about 70 degrees. And you just got on normal clothes, whatever. So you go into this room that's 28 degrees. Right away, you might not necessarily be cold. But as you sit in there, your body's going to get colder and colder and colder. And then there are things that your body's going to start shivering. All these different things are going to happen because of the environment that you're in. So now, let's bring that out. When you think about the environment that uh, Adam was in before he sinned, there was nothing wrong with the earth. There was nothing wrong with anything. Everything was good. God said it was good. He pronounced it good. But when Adam sinned, everything changed. What was good is now cursed. The environment now is different. Everything around it, there's thorns and thistles where used to everything was bearing fruit. Now there are things that don't bear fruit, don't produce any value. And not only that, it brings harm to you. So now when you think about it like that, you can see, oh, wait a minute. If my environment is bad, it affects me. We got sickness. Now you see, wait, we got disease. I got mental stress. Wait a minute. I got mental stress. I can't sleep. Now I get on the road and and I'm drowsy and I have accidents. All these different things start to put into play and you start to say, wait a minute. Sin brought death, but sin, with that came a whole lot of things. It wasn't just a linear line. Sin, and it exploded. And so now when we see that the whole creation was corrupted by Adam's sin, we can see, wait a minute, that corruption not only corrupted, corrupted that relationship with God, it corrupted bodies. So now we have, and it says a corruptible body, and that body is subject to, to the environment, which is also corrupted. So that's how we see, that's how we see sickness. That's why we, there are things we can't explain because sin is in the earth and sin corrupts. So we see all these different things. We see birth defects. You know, you, you see a baby and you're like, how could, how could that happen to a baby? Because sin is in the earth. It's not necessarily their sin, but sin is in the earth. Sin is all around and it's, and it's, and it's messing everything up. It's just, just think of chaos. That's the sin is chaos. So it's bringing chaos. So what should be right is wrong. What should bring nourishment now, you know, hurts us. You know, you think of an allergy. You should be able to eat these things and it should be food. But now your body says, no, I don't like that. That's sin. It's bringing chaos. You see, natural disasters, it says here in the, thing, in, in, uh, the scripture, the earth is groaning. You see all these things and you're like, why is this happening? It's because sin is in the earth. Cursed is the ground. For the, for the sin, because of the sin that Adam created, that Adam did, cursed is the ground. So all this is a result of sin. There is a day coming, and we, we believe in this, there is a day coming of the redemption of this body when, when this won't happen anymore. But until that day, we're dealing with this. So when we look at questions and we wonder, what's going on? Why is all this happening? You can look at it and you see it's a result of sin. It's a result of sin in the earth. But we know as believers we have Jesus Christ. 
He's the answer. Now, when you think about this and you say that that necessarily, you know, it makes sense, Sister Castile, that makes sense that sin is in the earth and it's brought all this corruption. But it still it still leaves you with like, well, what what are we going to do about that? Can, can we do anything about that? Well, we have Jesus. So, as we go on in this teaching, and I'm out of time, I, I don't want you to not list a comeback because. Right now, you're looking at it, you're like, man, sin is in the earth. Things are messed up. But remember, where, grace did, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So we have hope. But now we want you to have hope and we want you to have understanding. We don't want you to think that God is putting this on any of us. God is not, listen, God is not out to get you. He's not putting death on you. He's not putting death on the people you love. He's not putting sickness on you. He's not putting sickness on the people you love or you hate or you don't even know. That These things are happening because sin is in the earth. Here's the thing. God is God. And I mentioned it because he's the creator. If he wanted to get you, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. End of story. You don't, you don't even have to think of all those things. Once again, those thought patterns, sin in the earth. Changing the relationship between man and God. Remember, God is good. What he created is good. It's sin that brought those things in that messed everything up. So, I'm out of time. Next week, we're going to talk about the next point when God created man was death part of the plans. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.